0: I'm Evan Smith of the Texas Tribune, and this is Point of Order, a podcast about the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the people and politics and traditions of the 86 Texas Legislature. This week, will Texas lawmakers finally inhale? From one end of the country to the other, states are rethinking the status of marijuana. A handful have legalized its use, more than a handful have decriminalized it, even more allow for its use for medicinal purposes. Texas is just one of 17 states today in which marijuana use is fully illegal, although we've given a tiny bit of ground. Since 2015, under the Compassionate Use Act, possessing cannabis oil is permitted for a small number of Texans with intractable epilepsy if it has been prescribed. This session, legislation in both the House and Senate would expand the pool of Texans eligible to access CBD oil. Progress, but a far cry from what even some deep red states have gotten comfortable with. If the conservative likes of North Dakota, Utah, Oklahoma, and Arkansas can legalize medical marijuana, why can't we? Especially since the public is for an even broader tweaking of the laws governing marijuana's use and possession. The latest Pew poll found that approaching two-thirds of Americans think use should be made legal. According to the latest University of Texas, Texas Tribune poll, an overwhelming majority of Texans, including nearly 80% of Democrats and more than 60% of Republicans, think the punishment for possession should be reduced, proving that politics makes for strange budfellows. Sorry, couldn't resist. And yet, state leaders have made their position on the subject clear. Governor Greg Abbott said during last fall's re-election campaign that he was concerned about abuses if marijuana laws were relaxed. House Speaker Dennis Bonin told me in January that he doesn't think there's support in the Texas House for legalization or decriminalization. A spokesman for Dan Patrick told the Tribune last week, the lieutenant governor is strongly opposed to weakening any laws against marijuana. So where do we go from here? My guest this week, State Senator Jose Menendez, is cautiously optimistic that this is the session when high hopes pay off. The San Antonio Democrat has worked on reform legislation for three straight sessions with mixed results. He successfully co-authored the Cannabis Oil Bill four years ago, Tried and failed to pass comprehensive medical cannabis legislation in 2017, and is pushing CBD oil expansion this year to include terminal cancer, autism, Crohn's disease, and post-traumatic stress disorder. He also wants doctors to be able to recommend cannabis like any other medicine. Senator Menendez sat down with me to talk pot politics on the afternoon of March 30th, Day 82, of the 140. Point of Order is supported by Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy, a multi-partisan political coalition working to advance medical freedom and sensible marijuana policy in Texas. Learn more at TexasMarijuanaPolicy.org and by Green Peak Innovations, One of the most trusted and respected growers and cultivators of medical cannabis in the country. Visit GreenPeakInnovations.com. Admit it. If marijuana were legal in Texas, being in the legislature would be a lot more fun wouldn't <laughs> that's it that's
1: great tell uh, me there
0: are moments in the senate when you wish you were high as a kite
1: you know it's funny i i i wouldn't know i mean i quit drinking in 95 so i don't remember what it's like to to be in a in a different state but uh i think
0: the young kids call this straight edge so you're straight edge I'm is that as right straight as, as, they come. As, as straight as they come i I'm, i don't know i'm imagining you and pat fallon smoking a big fatty in the back of the senate during <laughs> uh, the you budget know, uh, you know this is what's making real it hard. this is right? what
1: makes it hard to pass this bill because i'm People think that medical is the same thing as recreational. That's what they're using against it.
0: Well, that's right. And I want to, I want to come yeah. to that because there are different ways into this. What's yeah. remarkable to me is we really have come to a moment, Senator. You've been at this for a long time. The yeah. discussion has been a, a legitimate discussion as opposed to a, a hilarious, fantastical discussion for a long right. time. I count more than 60 bills related to marijuana. Right. filed this session, including seventeen different bills at least that I'm able to count on medical marijuana in some form. Correct. How did we get to this point where now, all of a sudden, we've normalized hmm. marijuana as a topic for the capitol?
1: Because people are looking at the polls. And these are polls done by the very people that the folks in leadership use. these are these are polls done by Republican pollsters showing, that 81% of Texans are okay with medical marijuana. right? And that uh, I think it's 57% of evangelists and 73% of Republican primary voters.
0: Yeah, I wanna come back to the polls because the public does seem to be out in front of the politicians on this, which occasionally happens. The 17 uh, medical marijuana bills, uh, Senator, include Mm -hmm. three that would expand the use of CBD oil. Correct. One by Representative Click, who's a Republican who was uh, an architect of the legislation in 2015 in her own way. Correct. One by Representative Lucio from the Valley, uh, and then one by you. And there are differences between those bills. They both achieve a similar end, right? Talk a little bit about what you're trying to do and what you understand those bills are trying to
1: do. So my understanding is, uh, and you know, it's interesting, at the beginning of the session, I sat down with my friend, Representative Click, and she was talking about her desire to uh, a slow, gradual expansion of things, uh, uses. And, you know, I, I don't understand why this would be the only medical therapy that I know of that we at, at the legislature would be telling doctors how they can use it. You know, I mean, if, you know, my wife's had two back surgeries, uh, two fusions, and, and because of that, she's had a pain specialist and she's had fentanyl patches, some of right. the worst, most harmful, dangerous uh, narcotics you can be on and people can die on these things. Well, there are a couple
0: do. of reproductive issues on which some Democrats would probably argue we tell doctors here in Texas what they have to do. Well,
1: yeah, but that, we? you know, that's interesting because that's that's a different a whole it's interesting that on the, in that case, I mean, it's why why do we control access to medical therapies? And I don't understand that because we're not I mean, I'm in the yeah. business of le, of of being a legislator Patients and their doctors should have the ability to choose what's the best.
0: Well, we do hear about liberty from time to time, right? That would be one form. So before uh, we ta- talk about what the bill would do, actually, yeah. we should go back for the benefit of people who don't know and talk about what the current law is. Sure. My understanding is in order to get access to CBD oil, it's very carefully, uh, narrowly limited what you can what you can do and under what circumstances. Correct. You have to have tried FDA-approved drugs unsuccessfully. Yes. That's a predicate here. Right. Um, You have to be a citizen. That's a predicate here. There are a whole bunch of hoops you have to jump through. And at that point, you then are potentially eligible based on the condition that you suffer from, intractable epilepsy. That's the only condition. The only condition. And that's only, as I understand it, about 160,000 Texans in total would potentially be impacted by the current law.
1: Correct, and my understanding DPS reports about only six hundred people have- actually
0: use it. Actually, that's so the a- uni- universe of potential beneficiaries of the existing law, which is supposedly so liberal and it's a gateway and everything else, this is, by my calculation, less than six tenths of one percent of the population of Texas is eligible, and yep. fewer than six hundred or about six hundred yeah. Texans are accessing the benefits that's, of the current that law. That is correct. Yeah. So the theory. In your bill and Lucio's bill, and sort of in Clicks' bill, is to widen the aperture, right? Make it yeah. more readily available.
1: Yeah, my Let's understanding, I think uh, Representative Clicks' bill opens it up to uh, multiple sclerosis, uh, Crohn's disease, Crohn's disease, and I think neurospasticity issues, and
0: maybe PTSD. I think and too, AS right? Yes, and
1: PTSD. I heard right. that, and so. I mean, you know, those are good things, but I might why so now someone with cancer is not eligible. And the thing is, you know, I first came on this issue about 6 years ago when my father-in-law uh, was suffering from a painful, horrible cancer that had spread throughout his body, and uh, the doctors all they would do is provide him with these horrible narcotics that would just put put him in a in an in almost an induced coma. Right. You know, he was out of it. And and you know, we we did some research, my son did some research, and he said, "What about this?" And my a veteran, uh, straight edge, a, a nice man. He He's just, not
0: exactly Cheech and Chong.
1: Not at all. Right. And he was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want anyone to get in trouble."
0: And I find I hear
1: those stories over and over and over where people have gone to legal states, Colorado, California, and others. Now you can go to any state around us and have tried uh, medical cannabis, and and they get relief, but they come home and or they say, "Well, I'm not going to do it here because it's against the law."
0: You, you talk about states around us we're talking about very conservative states we're oklahoma. talking about oklahoma arkansas yeah. montana right? right
1: yeah no no i mean 33 states have already passed some form of medical cannabis
0: some form of just medical this is not recreational Correct. this is not decriminalization right. based on some amount right. but it is just medical.
1: That's correct, yeah.
0: And it's full-blown medical. It's not CBD oil. We talk about CBD oil being legal here under certain circumstances. Correct. Even with the expansion that you and the others are proposing, we would not be anywhere near full-blown medical marijuana being legal. Well, it, it, no. Well, actually, my bill would
1: call for the ability for doctors to recommend
0: marijuana in whatever form
1: they feel is necessary. As if you would recommend the medicine. Yes. Right. Exactly. I. I don't. I don't... My desire is not to be holding the doctor's hands on how you treat patients. Yeah. I, I think we say, if, if you find, if you're willing to put your medical license on the line, yeah. basically that's what we do. Doctors do that every day. Right. And the irony is that on this issue, they're so afraid to even talk about it, some of them.
0: Because the law is the law. That's right. But when you say uh, uh, that it would allow them to recommend it as you would recommend any other medicine, how can you recommend medical cannabis if we don't legalize medical cannabis?
1: So, Exactly. That's the case exactly here. But what I've, what I found just recently from the TMA is that they've actually come out with a policy position. They had been silent on this issue for a long time. And I've told them, I said, you guys need, go visit with your doctors, go talk to them. And because I've talked to a lot of pain specialists who've told me if I had this in my toolbox, I could not, I could supplant medical cannabis for opioids. And get people off the narcotics.
0: Right, but but the point is, your bill would not legalize medical cannabis. it no. would just give doctors the option to talk about it. No, no, no.
1: My bill would actually let them recommend it.
0: But if it's but if you can't get medical cannabis in Texas, then is your bill it, effectively legalization of medical cannabis? It is.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what my bill is. Right. SB ninety. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and you think that's uh, is is that more likely or less likely to pass than simply an expansion of CBD oil? There's opposition to what you're talking <sighs> about versus. The, the, the more modest expansion of one, the existing law. I
1: have one-on-one conversations with my Republican colleagues, they're okay with, with, with medical. They're all okay with medical. Their, their issue that they tell me is that their concern that they tell me is
0: that they feel it's a slippery slope.
1: Yeah, That's what I hear over and over.
0: Well, right. this, is the, this is the road to full-blown legalization. Right. Why not, uh, Senator, in the legislation you've proposed, why not separate out the ability to uh, widen the CBD oil door from the idea of going to full-blown uh, medical cannabis being legal, since you know that the former is more likely than the latter, we've started there, and I'm yeah. open to I'm open to as we get point. through the session, you yeah. may be willing to negotiate to your more that. ambitious plans right. out in order to get the bill passed. Yes. You'd rather have something rather than uh, correct ra- ra- rather than nothing. Yes, um, let I want to know why medical marijuana is an issue in Texas. We, we're talking about the need to legalize it. Yeah, the public is for it, as you indicated. The right. polling would all show that. Right, and the doctors seem to be in some fashion or form, not every doctor, just like not every member of the public, but they also seem to be for it. This weekend, we saw um, a notification from the Texas Medical Association, which yeah. is a large association that, uh, you know, has a whole bunch of docs and medical providers as, as members, yep. in which they, they seem basically to be walking up to the edge of what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that they finally came off the, the bench and yeah. they decided to get in the game. Right. You know, and I, and, I, and I think that's what's frustrated me to this end. How can I have one-on-one conversations with doctors telling me, yeah, you know, this is a good idea. And then, collectively, they, they're silent.
0: Is is their support as an association or is the support of doctors individually necessarily a game changer as far as this legislature goes? I mean, we know that the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the speaker at various levels of opposition Mm -hmm. have indicated – well, I guess in the case of your presiding officer, the lieutenant governor, outright unwillingness to go there. The uh, governor and the speaker have been a little bit less direct and a little bit less adamant about it. But it doesn't seem like any of the three leaders in the Capitol – is for this, and if they're not for it, does there stand any chance of this happening?
1: I think that they were in the same position when four years ago we passed the first Compassionate Use Act in Texas. Yeah. Um, I think they were more adamantly opposed four years ago.
0: And so they've softened up a little bit.
1: I believe they in the have. Four
0: years. So it may take a little while. It may not happen this time.
1: It, it may or may not. But here's the point: is yeah. if four years ago they were even more opposed, And we got something done. Yeah. Why shouldn't we see an expansion? Right. You know, you know and and it's it's even there. People from their own party are are proposing this. You know, I mean, I've been talking to... The
0: fact that it's a bipartisan issue is a reason for optimism.
1: I would agree. So I've been talking to Senator Campbell about this issue since 2015, and she had been opposed, 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 and uh, on the last day of filing this session, she filed a medical cannabis bill, right? expansion of cannabis Now, she
0: still chairs the Veterans Affairs Committee in the Senate. She does chair that committee. And so she may be hearing from veterans who are dealing with PTSD or other chronic ailments that result from their service to this country hey, we'd like to have access to this. Absolutely. So in some ways, the 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 grassroots, yep. not to make a horrible oh, joke. Pun. May may It's hard not to make puns all throughout yeah, this podcast. I agree. Or podcast. Um, ah. The the grassroots may ultimately be be asserting itself in making their voices heard, ground up as opposed to top down, yeah. and that ultimately may change things.
1: Well, one of the things that got a lot of attention was when Governor Abbott was getting asked by a lot of, there's a group of moms i don't know this seems to be especially concentrated in the dripping springs area okay. that have children who have autism that have other conditions that aren't necessarily intractable epilepsy but they feel very strongly they could benefit from medical cannabis and it was there speaking to them the first time that, that a, the governor said well i'm i might be open to some movement. Right. And that was documented because the press was around and he, yeah. he you know because up till then he had been he'd drawn a very bright red line that there But it, if you
0: humanize these stories there may be an opportunity for people to you know I'm I'm remembering that one of the earlier republican supporters of some relaxation of these laws speaking of dripping springs was former state representative Jason Isaac, was he not? He was. He was a joint author with Eddie Lucio See, he is yeah. joint author. You just <laughs> did it yourself, actually, right? That's it, funny. It, it, there's, there's no yeah. way out of this yeah, forest, yeah, Senator. Yeah, I, yeah. Can't, I can't. I say. So the objections to um, to any kind of relaxation of the laws around marijuana seem to be two parallel tracks that also intersect. One is that there's a public safety argument, that okay. somehow by making access to marijuana more readily available, all manner of public safety concerns will Emerge, And then the second argument is a byproduct of the first, and that is that this is effectively gateway legalization. That if you legalize CBD oil, this was said at the time that the Bill uh, Compassionate Use Act passed in 2015, it is said today with regard to even further relaxing of the laws, that somehow, if you allow medical marijuana to happen, you're, it's one step away from le- complete legalization, and then all kinds of problems occur. Andy Lauderback, who is the sheriff from Jackson County and is the legislative director yep. for the Texas sheriffs, has been particularly ardent in saying, if you allow <clears throat> any relaxing of the laws, it's basically Katie, bar the door. So, that's a, I think it's an interesting
1: argument. I hear many times from my Republican friends that when we talk about gun control measures— They'll say, their response is, if you pass gun control laws, then the only people with the guns will be the criminals. Right. Okay, because law-abiding citizens won't, because they'll, they'll abide the law and they won't have any. So what we're doing currently, if they're worried about people using marijuana recreationally or whatever, those people are using it today. The reason that, we're, that DAs around the state are, are going to cite and release is because people are smoking today, everywhere. Right. I mean, you can go to any high school in this state and find out. Go to a- ACL, go to any event, and you're, you're going to smell it. So the issue is people who want to get stoned are getting stoned. The only people that we're keeping it away from right now are law-abiding citizens.
0: Yeah, but, but Senator, just to go to a ridiculous extreme for yeah, the purpose sure, of this conversation, if, if people were murdering people, if this were the purge right, right. all over this state, right. would we shrug our shoulders and go, well, everybody's murdering people, nothing we can do about that, no, so why course, have laws? Of
1: course not. But yeah. the point is this. they their issue or their fear is recreational, right? Does that mean that we just at the state just give up and don't and don't say no, that Texas is only... So we passed four years ago the ability for people with intractable epilepsy to get cannabis-based oil, right?
0: And really a modest amount also. Oh, I mean, sup- we, one thing we didn't talk modest. about is that your bill would also raise the limit on... THC on THC. Yeah, well, right. I don't
1: even, I don't, I don't see the reason why we should be prescribing the the limits. And so
0: why are we playing doctor? Effectively why are at the we legislature, playing doctor right, at the
1: yeah. legislature? So, but here's the thing, I mean, the reality is that if their concern is that, then why didn't that happen four years ago or three years ago or two? years? So we already passed the form of compassionate use. So where is where is the recreational?
0: where is the rampant use of marijuana yes. over the last 4 years as a consequence of cbd oil but don't you but don't you under, you understand of course i know you understand that legalizing medical cannabis as opposed to cbd oil is likelier to be that catalyst i mean the the circumstances around cbd oil's legalization in those use cases in 2015 was so limited that it barely had any impact again only yeah. 600 people are right. using it so i understand but but
1: the thing is that i think what they're worried about is, yeah, I, I personally, I, I have a, I have a concern that I'm going to do some numbers. Is how much money do some law enforcement agencies make or get from seizures of, let's say, illegal?
0: So you think that's what this is about? I don't know. This that- is a this is about law enforcement worrying that they're getting. An economic benefit from the prosecution of these marijuana cases. The
1: seizures of the vehicles, of the cash, of the
0: marijuana? When the reality is um, there's a greater good to be served here than the bank accounts of law enforcement officials.
1: Look, I'm not making, I'm not gonna, I'm not coming out to say that that's what the motivation is, but the reality is medical cannabis is not recreational. That's bottom line. Yeah. It is not, it means a doctor would still have to recommend it. They still have DPS, measuring how much cannabis comes in and out. I mean, they have the three dispensaries in the state. That's all that we have at this time. So how would it change anything other than you're letting more people use the product? And if if I had to, if, if it comes to the point where the, let's say the loss is no, we're only gonna do oil and no, there'll be no plant. Then if that's the only step we can get this time, then that's what we can get. But at, at, I believe honestly, that people with Parkinson's can benefit from this. MS, cancer, so many, PTSD, so many things that we shouldn't be standing in the way.
0: And and so your intention when this bill, ultimately, if it does get voted out of committee and come to the floor, uh, you intend to have the stories of people who would be uh, beneficiaries of this uh, uh, drive the conversation. Absolutely. Lead the way. And there are plenty of those who would line up, presumably without regard to politics or party or ideology who would make that point
1: without a doubt i C- mean there, there, there are case. people all over there are pe- there's a you know it's in both platforms the republican and the democratic platform to legalize uh, medical marijuana
0: yeah the, the the platforms are interesting in that respect because you wouldn't necessarily think i mean there are very few issues of, of agreement between the parties these days right Absolutely. well criminal justice reform is one actually yeah. on the subject of how law enforcement regards marijuana across the board there is a feeling within the criminal justice reform universe, mm-hmm. that there should be a change in the status of marijuana to yeah. potentially save money that we're now spending on incarcerating people and all, you know, all manner of other things, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so here's the other thing that I don't get, Evan. What if, let's say, 2020 rolls around, and let's say we get a wholesale change at the national level, and let's say... Because
0: you have a lot of candidates running for president on your side Tons. who are huge advocates for either outright legalization or some relaxing of the laws.
1: Pretty much, exactly. Right? So let's say we have a wholesale change at the federal level. But at the state level, we've decided to, to dig in our heels and not be prepared for this. And then what? Are we just going to have federal laws telling us how we – so now we're going to be here, what, two years from now trying to react
0: to that? Yeah, but isn't Texas – isn't part of the Texas brand that we know better than the federal government? I mean, I, I, I say that you know with a song in my step. I'm yeah. not saying no, it critically. I'm no, just I acknowledging it. whether it's on Medicaid expansion yeah, right. or anything else where the federal government sets policy that states can or cannot take advantage of, our attitude – by and large, in the modern era, has been to say we're going to go our own way. So, what's to stop Texas in the future if there were a Democratic president who chose to relax laws at the federal level, as President Obama was heading right. in the direction of doing? We, we could just decide not to do it.
1: Well, but is, I believe there'd be federal super. The federal law would supersede the the state laws. On well, that's that.
0: for you lawyers to fight. About, yeah, well, not, not I, actually I, for for me. I have
1: to go to law school to be get that that title. But I I'm not. Uh, I, I do think that. The thing is it's weird is it if we wanted to be the leaders in this and, and be the Mavericks then let's set the, let's set our guidelines now. Yeah. Let's set it up now. And then when federal law changes, it doesn't
0: impact us because we already have it. Yeah. Um, let me go a little bit further in sure. the direction of this question mm-hmm. of the legal status. So yesterday the house moved a step closer to decriminalization, whether it ultimately happens or not. Right. Um, Joe Moody's bill, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Passed, it's actually passed three different times out of committee, but right. it is the earliest that it's ever passed, so that gives some hope mm-hmm. that there's enough time now to potentially uh, pass the full House. And what it would do is change the status of possession of less than an ounce of marijuana to a fine of $250, no jail time. Correct. Changing what is currently on the books, higher fine, I think there's a certain number of days that you have to serve. I looked up the Republican platform on this because, as you point out, the platforms of the parties are quite a bit ahead of the legislature in terms of what they advocate for. Right. I was surprised to to to, to learn or to be reminded that the Republican platform on decriminalization actually calls for a more lenient yeah. uh, a policy than Moody is yeah. proposing. They it, only propose a fine of up to $100. Imagine that. Right? Yeah. So – but but <clears throat> I'm, I'm then of course moved to point out that dan patrick has said he's not for this so can such legislation get any traction in the senate if even if the house decides to go full blown decriminalization <clears throat> on us
1: you know what i i love about uh, the legislature is that you know we all have opinions we all make strong statements but at the end of the day when a piece of legislation gets on someone's desk or in a committee and and maybe the person that has that bill is is controlling another piece of legislation that someone else wants, you know, then the horse trading starts. And so, you know, how many times, Evan, you've been around it for a long time, you've seen it, where something looked impossible and then at the last minute a deal was cut.
0: You willing to give Dan Patrick something he wants in exchange for this?
1: Well, you know, I I don't think I have to. I think I think that that there are more people than just me. You you mentioned at the get, at the outset there are what sixty over sixty bills more
0: than sixty bills related to marijuana. Obviously, those bills are introduced by Republicans and Democrats. Exactly.
1: Right? Yeah. Exactly. So so reality is this isn't just about me, this is about or about your party about, or my party. this is about Texans wanting relief and they want it in a form that doesn't come with all the side effects that the narcotics have and the opioids have and we have we, we know we have a narcotic opioid epidemic and why not give us something that can help deal
0: with that. Have you had a conversation with Lieutenant Governor about this subject? I have and tell me what he told you.
1: So it was in 2015 okay. and, uh, and and you know at that time, I got the impression that he did not have a problem with medical marijuana, that, but he felt that the, the governor didn't want to see an expansion. He, 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 you know, he didn't think that was important. So he, he was, was marching
0: in. behind the guy in the center office. Yeah, that's,
1: yeah. that's, that's, that's the impression that I got. Yeah. And the odd thing is that later that very same session, we passed uh, l Compassionate Use Act of cannabis-based oil for people with epilepsy with no THC. Okay, so, you know, and, and the governor signed it. So at the beginning I heard no and then we had that bill. So here's the thing if you if you don't ask and you don't try the answer is always going to be no.
0: Right. We know what's going to happen if you don't do it. Right. We just don't know what's going to happen if you try. Exactly. And so in this case you think possibly Dan Patrick could be persuadable.
1: It's it's possible and and I and it's possible that just like the governor can let a law a, a bill become law without his signature. Right. It's possible that the governor can say, well, I'm going to let the, the body, the members, the Senate, make that decision.
0: Yeah, I don't necessarily have to be for it, but I'm not going to put myself between that legislation and the public. There you go. He, he could actually decide to do that. Absolutely. Do you uh, uh, believe that the opioid crisis, to the degree that it is a legitimate raging problem for this country, which most people will accept it is, it is, provides an opportunity to turn this away from a conversation about marijuana and toward a conversation about opioids, possibly softening up some people who would be opposed to to some form or fashion of legalizing medical marijuana.
1: Yes, I do believe so. I mean, look, I had a conversation with the doctor a week ago, yeah. pain specialist um, <clears throat> with my wife's surgery, and uh, asked him, if you had cannabis-based products as a tool, would it help right. get my wife to the relief without having her to be on narcotics that, that she needs to have right now in the hospital setting? He said, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so these, this is a hospital setting. This is not—that's the thing that I want people—Texas is never going to be California. We're not Colorado, okay? Mm-hmm. We are our own state with our own elected officials. And so the the thing that I find ironic, I think it's a red herring and a scare tactic for Sheriff Lauterbach to say, oh, my God, this is going to be the, the gateway to recreational. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that all of a sudden uh, Governor Abbott's going to be okay with recreational? I don't think so.
0: He has the ability through his veto pen— Right. To, to stop anything he does not want to support. Exactly. So, he, so that's really a backstop.
1: Of course. Right. On the so, public safety. So, so is, is the sheriff saying the governor's not going to be there? Or why? how, how are we going to get from medical to recreational? I don't see that path. That only happens through an elections process. It doesn't happen automatically.
0: Right. Should we be talking, Senator Menendez, about outright legalization? Would you support legalization personally if it came before <laughs> you as a member of the Senate?
1: So, I am hyper-focused on medical. Yeah,
0: I'm but that's not hyper- an answer to the question. No, I am. know, I know, I know. But the, yeah. the,
1: the reality is this, that that people believe that this medical conversation is a way to get to recreational, and therefore, I'm unwilling to have a conversation about recreational. Because this medical situation... Because the
0: minute you say, I'm for legalization, yeah. they go, aha.
1: That's it. This yeah. is a Trojan horse. Right. right. And and this medical situation is critically important.
0: You're not saying you not are not for it or would not vote for it, you just don't want to talk about it because it ultimately hurts your ability to get what you want passed. Yes. You recognize the economic argument. Absolutely. In this, I mean, yeah. leaving aside the question of people wanting to run around smoking pot, 2017 combined revenue related to marijuana in the state of Colorado, more than $1.5 billion. Yep. This is at a time when the state of Texas is saying we don't have nearly enough money to fund public education or transportation or any of the other great priorities in a state that has a, ma- a massive two-year budget but still a finite amount of money to spend?
1: So one of the things we all, I mean, I believe one of the best economic development tools in doing the right thing for kids and getting dropping the school dropout rate would be universal pre-K across, across right. the board.
0: By the way, full-day pre-K seems to be a priority of everybody at the legislature. The devil's in the details. But well,
1: yeah, but right now it's only funded for folks low income. Right. Full-day pre-K, any school, any neighborhood, regardless. So
0: even the most ambitious program for full-day pre-K on the agenda now at the legislature does not go as far as you would go.
1: That's correct. Because then all of a sudden three- and four-year-olds could get walked by their parents, dropped off by their parents at their neighborhood elementary school. And then by the time they're in third grade, they're reading on grade level.
0: So you want to fund pre-K through marijuana?
1: I want to fund – the. marijuana Pot can, for
0: pre-k thc for toddlers come on we can go at this for a long time you
1: know you're funny but the reality is this do we need the money to do good things yeah yeah but it, but that's that's irrelevant we can do this and it's the right thing to do because patients need it yeah you know can the state use more money of course what what about i mean what are we talk what are we looking at in terms of property tax relief a hundred bucks currently everybody wants property tax relief i want it my constituents want it but we can't do it because we're trying to fund important needs but yet, we're sticking our heads in the sand on things that could bring.
0: So would you be willing, this is actually a way for you and Betancourt to come together on this issue. Would you be willing to uh, to put any benefits, economic benefits of, of marijuana legalization toward property tax relief? Yeah. That's I mean, some pretty crafty stuff there. Senator. Absolutely.
1: Yeah? I mean, the reality is that, that patients need it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I would be willing to do something that would make uh, everybody but, happy.
0: You know, we polled this, actually. The U- University of Texas, Texas Tribune poll a couple of weeks ago asked the question, should the legislature consider a series of ideas Mm -hmm. to boost public education money. And one of the top ideas, if not the top idea, was legalize marijuana and tax it. 60% of people we polled said we should legalize marijuana and tax it and put that money into public ed. And, you know, the governor, and not just the governor, has been talking about the possibility of diverting some of the oil and gas severance taxes from the rainy day fund into some kind of an education fund. The fact is marijuana sales are probably less volatile and more reliable than the price of oil and gas.
1: Yeah, I, right? I, I would assume so, I wouldn't know.
0: As a source of revenue. Well, yeah, I mean, but yeah. you, don't you think? I mean, the fact <laughs> is the price of oil goes up and down, but well, look, people, as you point out, people are smoking marijuana.
1: All right, okay, and let's, like, let's just use the state of Colorado. Yeah. You said 1.6 billion?
0: One point, a little bit more than 1.5 billion mm. in, in let's 2017.
1: let just say 1.5 billion in, in 2017. How many people does Colorado have?
0: Not nearly the population of Texas. No, Think about what the impact would be in Texas. Exactly.
1: We're sitting with 30, mil, 30 million people in this state. I have no idea, but I know Colorado doesn't have the same population. So our revenue, let's say we're double the size of Colorado. It could be $3 billion, $3 billion additional new dollars. My gosh, what could we not do with that? We with, could do with, a lot. The,
0: with the additional money. Yeah. So go back to the public uh, being for this, which is what you brought up at the beginning. Yep. Um, we looked at some polling again. Last time we did a poll, and this time, 53% of the voters of Texas would legalize marijuana in small amounts uh, or in any amount, which mm-hmm. is extraordinary to me. Think about how far we've come. We're now, as a general principle of polling more than half of the people you poll in the state of texas a conservative state Mm -hmm. this is not california as you pointed out this is not oregon right more than half of the voters are saying some amount or any amount and then another 31 percent would add legal marijuana on top of that even if it's only legal marijuana so you're talking about roughly only one in five texans across all categories would make would continue to make marijuana illegal That's a pretty significant statement by the public, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, I mean,
1: look, we have a public opinion poll here that shows 73% of Republicans and 57% of self-identified religious conservatives support it. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I don't understand why. And this is the pollster, the same pollster used by President Bush. Right. So the, the folks who are behind this, they said, let's get the pollster that they trust. This is not a Democratic pollster. And so I, I don't understand why we continue to drag our feet. Well, in
0: fact, there's an organization that is advocating for relaxing of some marijuana laws that features among its principals the political consultant to the lieutenant governor. I mean, it's it, it, you know, as we say, politics makes strange budfellows, right? There's no, another you pun know, for bad
1: it. Fellows, right. Bad fellows, not budfellows. Badfellows.
0: Um I'm looking at the polling we did by age. It's not surprising that young people are for this or the people yep. who are slightly older. I'm surprised that at the Ganja grannies, the the there, There is something like 40 percent of people over the age of 65 have said that they are for uh, personal use of marijuana or any use of marijuana in some amounts, which is extraordinary to me when you think there's not a demographic group that is opposed to this.
1: Maybe they were at Woodstock.
0: Well, they might have been there they, remembering they, what, yeah, the, what yeah, it was like to be Yeah, they could have there. been. Right.
1: Uh, So you know that Texas spends two hundred and fifty million dollars on enforcement of its drug possession laws. Right. You know, uh, in one week, uh, we 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 were able to seize at the border 18000 pounds of marijuana worth one hundred and thirteen million dollars. Can you imagine if if that were that'd be interesting if it were being sold and taxed? Right. You know, and then you don't have to spend the money on on the law enforcement on that issue. And then whoever's buying that actually knows what they're getting.
0: Is there anything that could happen at the local level that would wire around the state and its decision on this? Could yeah. local communities, as they have on some other issues, yeah. make a decision to decriminalize or to in any way, other way tweak the laws to allow this to happen?
1: Yeah, I think district attorneys around the state are already doing that. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Harris County is already doing site and
0: release. The new DA in Dallas County, John Crusoe, has already announced his intention to— The new DA
1: in yeah. Bexar County, San Antonio, has announced also site and release. right. So, I mean, look, whether they like it or not, decriminalization is coming, but, but that doesn't help the issue for law-abiding sick patients. That's, my, that's what I still get frustrated about because all that does is say if, if you know that you're going to buy and have carry that, that joint in your pocket for the weekend or for whatever evening, that you don't care because you're going to get a ticket, right? You're not going to jail. It doesn't resolve the situation. The real fact is that if you're a veteran, if you're a, you're someone who suffers from something that you're not going to you just won't cross that line. There's a, so many Texans who won't, no matter how badly they need it.
0: The fact that it's illegal means they're just not going to do it.
1: Amen. That's it. Yeah. And that's what frustrates me because in many cases they're not need they don't need it to get stoned. They need it for real relief of nerve pain. Marijuana cannabis products are known to to treat nerve pain better than most anything else.
0: Yeah. So as you say you're as you, as we wind down here as you say you've got a bill that would be a little bit more ambitious than what's happening on the House side, but you are prepared potentially to accept less for now to make any progress that you possibly can happen in this session.
1: Yes, I I am someone who believes that uh medical doctors should be making the decisions on the, the medical cannabis situation i think we have thri- 33 other states that have already done this that's right
0: well i think in this last election uh, ballot initiative missouri and utah are, were the last two in so that makes 32 and 33 states yeah arkansas
1: had uh, a ballot initiative my understanding the governor was against it the surgeon general the all the statewides were against it and it passed well, like 60 percent of the vote
0: well and that's part of the issue uh, senator it's a little bit like again come back to medicaid expansion What we saw in this last election cycle was that in very red states politically with conservative leadership in place Mm -hmm. where they oppose Medicaid expansion or they impose some loosening of marijuana laws, it got onto the ballot and the residents of those very conservative states, the same residents who voted those conservative leaders into office, overwhelmingly came back and said, if you give us the choice, we say go ahead with it. Right. Right. So what about the idea of moving this to the voters. What about putting it on the ballot? Would you I'm support op- push that? that? Has anybody proposed
1: that? Yes, there is. Uh, I think uh, Senator Rodriguez has a, a constitutional amendment. Right. I'm open. I'm open to that. I, I mean, my only concern is it takes longer. I mean, it's going to be. But if that's the only thing we can get.
0: But if you think about it, if it takes, if, if it takes longer, but it ultimately achieves the fact that it. it, it Enshrines it as a constitutional amendment, yeah. then no future lieutenant governor, maybe one even more conservative than Dan Patrick, if that's possible, could come in and say that the the legislature is going to, you know, either overturn this or call this to a halt. It right, would, it would really make it the law of Texas. Right, and there'd be no political risks.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's true. I I agree, and so I'm not opposed to that. But I I mean, I like to take. I I don't like to punt to the voters. It's fine. The, I think the voters elect us to to make decisions uh right. to get all only the
0: on property taxes do we want to punt to the voters right
1: <laughs> i i'm not about punting at all i'm about to, you know i mean this is what why 18th year in the legislature and uh i mean i i understand that that we have we get much more information and so we need to make the best decision and then we answer to the voters we and, go back
0: and the reality is that the politics around the country changing you know it doesn't always happen that we know we know don't know better in texas but Sometimes we allow the rest of the world to affect our thinking. And yeah. it may be that finally we come around as a result of the rest of the country coming around.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's the case. And the other thing is, look, I've heard for so long we have half a million new people moving into Texas every year.
0: Those are Some of those are coming from states where it's already legal. Exactly. Right? In that's exactly fashion. right.
1: Yeah. And so I'm tired of also hearing about parents who feel like they have to move to other states just so they can treat their, their children. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I believe that we can't let people suffer when we can, we know we can do better. And why is it that we can't trust medical doctors to prescribe something and treat their patients in a way that, that the patient as an adult will know best or the parents of that patient will know best.
0: All right, Senator. Thank you very much. Yep. Good, good luck. Thank you. You've been listening to Point of Order, a proud member of the Texas Tribune's family of podcasts. Thanks to our guest, State Senator Jose Menendez, and thanks to the sponsors of this episode, Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy and Green Peak Innovations. Be sure to check out the Tribune's deep coverage of the 86th legislative session at texastribune.org. And if you like what you see there or hear here, tell your friends about us. Until next time, I'm Evan Smith.